I can see you out there, Cam. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. So I saw this quote recently by the CEO of Google, Ron Wolfley. I've been reading your business news. Yeah, Paul. He said that AI will impact, this is a quote now, will impact every product in every country sooner than later. Scary ball. Would you consider KO the AI of basketball? <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's great. How's that an intro? AI, that's good, Paul. Is that good with you, Kellen? Because I know you were able to see the game last night. Why? Because, oh, wait for it, you're actually in L.A. Where those of us who were subjected to the Bally Sports blackout had to watch the game this morning on tape delay. Kellen, how you doing? <laughs> Doing great. Sound, sounds like I'm less frustrated than you are right now. You okay? <laughs> That's have been talking we, about yeah. it all morning. We bring you on. Well, really, it's Wolfly. I'm just channeling frustration with having to work with Wolf, so I cannot wait to hand it off to you, and you tell us maybe your two or three biggest takeaways from last night. Yeah, number one, Devin Booker. Uh, I don't know if that was the best game I've ever seen him play, but I think that he's in the best form that I've ever seen him in right now. There's just this new level of play that he's reaching and just the amount of energy and the motor and the gas tank that he has right now is crazy. He, the story that I had in ArizonaSports.com last night is that over these three games, he sat for a total of 11 minutes and 21 seconds. He averaged 35 minutes a game in the regular season. He was used to getting 13 minutes of rest a game. So it, this is just crazy, the, the, the level that he has unlocked to his energy, his cardio, whatever it is, and for him to be able to do that and play at the level that he is right now is just Absurd, and, and my other takeaway kind of has to do directly with him and just how much he had to do again last night to not necessarily save them like game two, but just keep them in this game throughout. I thought that in the first four or five minutes of the game, it reminded me of the back-to-back 40-burgers he had in the 2021 NBA Finals where he was looking around, seeing how much help he was going to get that night offensively, and then once he got about five, six minutes into the game last night, he was like, all right, I'll do it again. That's fine, and, and that's what he did, and it's just incredibly impressive how – seasoned he seemed like if you watched him play and you didn't know his age or what what his deal was you would assume this guy with like a dozen years of playoff experience and there's only his third postseason but he just looks completely in his element right now so killer you know i got command and control all in my ear right now talking about he is this the best playoff game he's ever played ask him ask him the question well that's because that's wolf not is, true no it's just because wolf was wrong earlier kellen and he's ultra sensitive about it he's pointing fingers is what he's doing so killer, we're gonna we're gonna hold you down right now, killer. Is this the best playoff game he's ever played? It is not. I think that the forty point triple double in game one of the Western Conference Finals two years ago, Chris Paul gets COVID unexpectedly, and that was one of those situations where it was really Book and, and himself in terms of leading the team and giving them a win on their home floor. And he did it. He was miraculous in that game. In this game, while while I mentioned last night that he didn't have a ton of help, he's still playing with Kevin Durant out there. He's still playing with Chris Paul out there. He's still playing with DeAndre Ayton out there. He had that guy two years ago as well. But that that in his first postseason, the triple-double was just a little bit more impressive. But I think we're... We're really ranking like five different games that like feel all the same or seven or nine or whatever he's at at this point. His playoff resume already is pretty ridiculous. He had no turnovers. He handled the ball an awful lot. This guy had no turnovers. I, for me right now, just one of the most impressive games I've ever seen a professional athlete play. So the fact he is handling the ball more in CP3 is not, is that out of necessity? 
Or is that just an adjustment that Monty has made? Do you expect that to continue through the rest of the postseason? I think it's both. I think it's an adjustment by necessity right now. I, I just don't think that Chris Paul has been particularly that good for them. I think that it'll it'll change over the course of the series. I think we're going to start to see the Chris Paul we're used to, at least from this season. That's the thing is that I, with, with the career that he's had, this is the worst year of his career. But it's still, this would be the best year of a lot of careers in the NBA right now, the year that he had. But with that being said, like he hasn't even reached that form in this series yet. And if you look at the minute totals, Chris Paul has played 38, 39, and 41 minutes. In the NBA Finals two years ago, he wasn't even getting that high. Like His minutes per game weren't even that high in that series. So it shows that the necessity that they need Chris Paul still out there. But he's out there while Booker is really running the offense. And I think Booker's capability of doing it and just this, again, this form that he's found, this new, we talked about point book all the time, but I don't know what to call this. Like, this is just, this is just completely something else. And it's amazing to watch him on a night to night basis right now. But they're going to need Chris Paul and DeAndre to finish out this series. I think we're going to get caught in looking at maybe Kawhi being out again and Paul George being out and saying, like, okay, like, as long as they get going here, they, they need those guys to win the championships. Like, no, they need them right now to win this series still because it could very well be Clippers 3-0 if Devin Booker didn't pull out what he did in the last two games. Yeah, on that note right there, Killer, do you have a concern? And if so, what is it? I think my concern would be that Devin Booker can't do this every night. I think that would be my only concern right now because until he proves he's not capable of this every night, it, it won't be a concern. But I would expect in one of these next two games that he's not going to be able to play at, at this level. I think he's still going to be amazing. But, again, these are arguably two of the best games that he's ever played in his entire career so far. He's going to need one of those big games from DeAndre and one of those big games from Chris Paul. I haven't even brought up his name yet. Torrey Craig has been incredible. The bench was really good last night, I thought. But still, they needed all of that from Booker on, on both ends, really. And I think that even if Chris and DeAndre don't get the scoring going, I think that defensively, Chris especially, I think, had his best defensive game in Game 2. I thought both of them struggled again last night. DeAndre was brutal on the interior. They, they need something going there. That 17-rebound game from DA, a couple of steals from, from Chris and getting the deflections up like he had him in Game 2, something like that from those two guys. All right, Suns guru Kellen Olsen here on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. I've already offered too many of my opinions on DeAndre Ayton bringing his preseason intensity to a postseason game. So I'll just ask the question straight. What do you think Monty Williams makes of DeAndre Ayton right now? And how sustainable is the Suns playoff run if they don't get more out of their big guy? Yeah, the, the last part is, is the most concerning part. I think that the Suns have always known that this is a possibility. I think something that we talked about a lot when he was going into restricted free agency was whichever team signs him, trades for him, whatever it is, they are going to have to know that they just don't know what DeAndre they're going to get. I mean, you look at last postseason against New Orleans, they don't win that series without him. It was the best offensive basketball he's ever played. And then the Dallas game, it was more, and the Dallas series, rather, it was, it was more of a no-show. And you look at his 2021 run, he was absolutely magnificent. But now, this postseason, it's hard to believe that what he was capable of two postseasons ago when you compare it to right now. I think that Monty knows, and I think more importantly, his teammates know that they got to keep getting in the ball and getting him to try and get out of this funk. That's the best way normally for guys to get out of a funk is receiving the ball, seeing a couple go in, and hopefully that's the change of it. But I agree from an intensity and an effort perspective, it's just not there right now, and I don't know why, and that's the most concerning thing of all. If it's missing shots, the hook shot instead of a dunk, whatever, right? But the intensity, particularly defensively, just has been missing, and, and it's hard to figure out why. And that's why it's vexing, because that's the one thing you can control, your effort level. Your intensity. Okay, that's enough. Wolf? (laughs) I'm with you on that one, Bully, right there. But let me just ask you, um, the series, as it stands right now, how 
how long do you think it's going to be? I'm still sticking with five. Wolf, uh, obviously I've got the benefit here of Kawhi Leonard potentially missing the last two games of the series for that kind of prediction. But I think that what they've been able to accomplish right now while they're still trying to incorporate Kevin Durant in the offense, while they're still figuring out the best way to use Kevin Durant in their offense, they're kind of just doing this all on the fly. We talked about eight games and eight no and all that stuff. I think eight no set the wrong kind of expectations for people when it came to how implemented and how ready Kevin Durant was within their system. Like They're at like a three, maybe a four out of ten in terms of the ceiling that they can reach with him and how they use him. And I think we're going to see that get better as the series in the postseason goes along. So the fact that they're up 2-1 already with that fact is, is pretty important because I think if everyone would have had to predict who is the best player in this series overall, I think most people would have said Kevin Durant, but he's been the third or fourth best so far, which is really shocking considering that he's arguably the best basketball player alive right now. Right. Yeah, real quick, is that a ticking time bomb? Is KD going to go off for a monster game real soon? Yeah, I'm guessing tomorrow, and if not, game five. Like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to doubt greatness. I've never done it before. I'm not going to now. It's coming. I'm with you on that one. Killer, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Kellen. Yep, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend.